You're listening to the Union Church Podcast. For more information about Union, please visit unionboston.org. Beloved, we are in our third week of Advent, more than halfway through the season together. We've already heard about hope and peace. We heard that hope is living into the already, but not yet. And we have heard about that long road of peace that sometimes requires us to return to familiar places so we can regain our route to the kingdom of God. We return to Advent every year for something that we expect to be familiar, yet new. Advent is a season of anticipation and a time of tension. We wade into nuance and embrace the in-between spaces where mystery resides. As we dig deeper, it seems that Advent is a season of paradox. You know about paradoxes, those statements that seem to be contradictory, yet if you really sit with them, they're actually true. Like when Socrates says, I know one thing that I know nothing. Or when we proclaim the mysterious truth of the incarnation, Jesus Christ is 100% God and 100% human. God loves using paradoxes to confound our minds and disturb our complacency. More than just a mental workout, paradox actually takes us into the absurd, moving beyond rationality into the mystical. As we sit with the paradox, we are invited to go beyond dualistic thinking into a world of possibilities, imagination, play, wonder. Consider again what Pastor Jay told us two weeks ago. Hope is living as if the not yet is already. It may seem contradictory at first, but as we sit with it patiently, it has a truth to teach us beyond normal thinking. As our minds open up, our spirits begin jumping at the possibilities, and we enter into the creative space of the imagining God. So today, beloved, I suggest another paradox. What we expect will come unexpectedly. If you haven't met me, you should know that I love efficiency, organization, and planning. I love going through my Google Calendar and making sure that I have scheduled out all my classes, my homework, sometimes even sleep time. You get the picture. Um, I, I, try to, I try my best to keep my schedule, and I get a little antsy when others are a little more fluid with their time. A lot of times I feel like I can't help it. It's something that's just part of who I am. I want schedules and trains and people to do what I expect them to do. I'm sure many of you are ordering gifts online for your families or even for yourself this holiday season. And today, deliveries become so automated and streamlined that we can know the day and sometimes even the hour that we'll get our package. With technology, our world is becoming more and more predictable, which in many ways is a good thing. Yeah, what happens if that package is a day late? Or if that train is half an hour late like this morning? Disappointment? No. Outrage. Anxiety. The world is actually bursting into flames. <laughs> this is not what I'm talking about when I say what we expect will come unexpectedly. What I described just now was a way of being in the world that is based in stress, productivity, and control. We need what we expect to happen as we expect it to. I need that package yesterday, not tomorrow. I need that report in an hour, not next week. I need this computer to stop freezing so I can finish my sermon for tomorrow. 
This is a fragile way of being, beloved. When the system glitches, we break. When the system breaks down, we shatter. As we live in a world of constant work and social media addiction, we become fragile ourselves. We need a new story. The good news is that God's way of being is different. God makes promises, so we have trustworthy expectations of God. Yet what we expect from God almost always comes unexpectedly. And it's in these moments that we can experience joy. So let's start at the beginning. God makes promises. God made promises to Abraham, to Moses, to the people of Israel. And God made promises through the prophets, as we see from Isaiah to Malachi in the Bible. Many of these prophets speak of God's promises of a savior. More specifically, there is foretold the Messiah, the anointed one, the son of David, who would come from on high and rescue Israel from oppression and restore the nation to its former glory. This Messiah was the expectation of the Jews uh, under Roman occupation in Palestine, a great leader who would create a new era of peace through war and domination. This war would be no different from the wars of this world. Peoples would be conquered by the sword, villages looted and burned, and even women and children would not be spared. This was a horrific, merciless, vengeful, ends justify the means, power by domination kind of restoration. And still, the hope is simple. God will send a savior. Yes, God makes promises, and as we know, God keeps God's promises. So God sent the Messiah just as we expected. But wow, what God actually did was so unexpected. And thank God it was unexpected. God flipped the script. Instead of coming down from on high, God came low into the poverty of a manger. Instead of marching in domination and violence, God walked the earth with tenderness and healing. Instead of being exalted as king, God was hung on a tree. And yet, despite and even through the indecency of God being subject to the difficulties and trauma of human life, God made a way out of no way. God made a way for all of humanity to lift up the downtrodden of society and to even conquer death through the resurrection. God gave up violence for vulnerability and in this move brought real hope, real peace, real joy. God sent the Messiah in such an unexpected way. What we expect will come unexpectedly. Now I'm starting to get a little ahead of myself because this, good, this news is just too good to not get excited about when we talk about joy. How amazing that God did what, was, what we expected God to do and God still surprised us. And so we get prepared for the unexpected through this season of Advent in which we find ourselves the season of paradox, the season of wonder, the season of expectation. It seems that God changes what we expect in order to give us something better. As we read in Isaiah today, God promises us joy, that feeling of gladness that uplifts, warms, and nourishes us. And in Isaiah, we learn that joy is that feeling of the divine reversal of expectations. According to the prophet, joy comes with renewal. The desert will blossom, the blind will see, the lame shall leap like a deer, and tongues will sing. In ancient times, these were considered positions without hope, conditions of brokenness, 
And yet, do you hear the shocking reversal here? When we cannot see, God will show us a way. When the world is a desert, God says there will be provision. When we cannot even utter a word of hope, God will loosen our tongues to sing thanks and praise. And when we cannot move, God will give us the energy we need. Real joy is a foretaste of the kingdom of God. God flipping the world upside down. So in the divine reversal of expectations, we experience God's grace. Now, I won't claim that God's grace will always be experienced with joy. Because sometimes it is experienced with grief over hurt pride. Or sorrow over loss of worldly power. Or even anger. But I do know that God's grace is the wellspring of joy. And God promises joy so we can expect joy when we walk with God. To understand more about joy, I find it helpful to look at the Greek, to see what insights might be latent in the language of the New Testament, the language that informed the writers of our latter scriptures. The Greek word for joy is kara, and it is actually related to the Greek words for grace, charis, and gift, charisma. By sharing this root car, these words are connected. These things, joy, grace, and gift, they're out of our control. They're in God's hands. So as a church rooted in grace, we are also a church rooted in generosity and joy. And God gives us a joy that is rooted, that is grounding, that's fulfilling. And as a songwriter says, this joy that I have, the world didn't give it, and the world can't take it away. When we feel that joy, we know that it's the grace of God, and we know in our bones that God is with us. Emmanuel. This is real joy, the assurance of God's presence in our lives. So beloved, as faithful people, we can expect joy. Yet even though we expect it, we don't know how it's going to come. What we expect will come unexpectedly. So how do we prepare for God's unexpected gifts of grace and joy? We had an insight in our gospel lesson today. In our text from Matthew, John the Baptizer is in prison. Now, it's worth noting that he's in prison for political reasons. It's not because he broke the law. It's because he upset some insecure men with power. And how did this happen? By being hard to control, by living an unexpected life, thereby upsetting the powers and principalities of this world. He lived in the hope of the already but not yet, believing the Messiah to be coming and the kingdom of God to be at hand. Because he prepared the way of the Lord, John would be very interested in making sure that Jesus was the Messiah whom the prophets foretold, who God had promised. So John sends his disciples to confirm with Jesus, are you the one who is to come, or are we to wait for another? In another translation it could read, are you the one we're expecting? Despite having odd behaviors in the wilderness, John has conventional expectations of the Messiah, a mighty warrior and a dominant king. Yet we learn something about John and his question. He could have asked Jesus a leading question. Are you the one who is to come with power and might, with sword and a standing army to restore Israel's glory and establish peace? Instead, John asks an open question, an unexpected question. He actually leaves room for God to answer beyond his own expectations. And still, if we look closely, John's revealing his doubt here. 
He might fear that Jesus is not the Messiah. He might fear that all of his work could be for naught. And yet, John shows great courage. He has his mind and his heart open to God, as if to say, not what I expect, but thy will be done. John realizes that he doesn't have full control, but he has faith in a God, but he has faith in God that the Messiah will be who God sends and not who he expects. You see, to prepare for the unexpected, we need to have faith that God will make good on God's promises and be open to whatever form they might take. And ultimately, this means taking risk to be vulnerable. As I said at the beginning, the way of this world is fragile. So if we hear vulnerability and think that it's fragile, we're not thinking of God's way of vulnerability. Instead, God's way of vulnerability is anti-fragile, meaning that it takes on stressors and embraces the unexpected and actually makes us stronger. We embrace vulnerability like Christ, who came as a helpless infant so that God could flip the world upside down. We embrace vulnerability like John the Baptizer, asking desperately if Jesus is the Messiah, so that he may be wonderfully surprised that God's plan is bigger than he expected. When we open up to God, we are ready to receive from God abundant grace, and with it, strength, healing, and joy. So I imagine John sitting there in the prison, expectant like a mother awaiting a newborn child, like parents waiting for a child to come back home when it's late at night, or like somebody waiting at a train station for a loved one. He has nothing to do but hope that Jesus is the Messiah. So when his disciples return and rattle off scripture that Jesus quoted to them, I imagine John's eyes opening up, realizing that God was doing something even bigger than he could ever have dreamed of. And in that moment, I imagine John's eyes begin to water as God floods John's heart with joy. Like John, we are invited to be vulnerable and prepare ourselves for God's gracious giving, just as we expect. And when God does the unexpected and we are surprised, we can experience real joy, that feeling of assurance of God's presence and the gladness that comes from a divine reversal of expectations. So beloved, I close with this final paradox that we recognize as we go to table. Jesus is coming again and Jesus is already here. So here are some, ex some invitations. Are we creating space for him? Are we asking the big questions of him, desperately asking him? Are we open to receive what he has to offer us? Yes, God promises to give abundantly in ways that we both expect and can't expect. So we can try opening up, even just a little bit more than before. And when God gives us what we expect and still surprises us, we might just receive it with joy. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information about Union Church, please visit unionboston.org.